Welcome back to the Ancient World Podcast and our series on Dante's Inferno. And in this episode, we're going to look at Circle 9. This is the innermost circle, and this is for the category of fraud, when also trust is broken. So this is for the traitors, and this is about betrayal. So it's a very icy world we are coming into. This is Lake Cocytus, and it's divided into four parts. So the structure of the ninth circle is that first we have Kaina, that is the part for those who betray their kindred, meaning their family and relatives, often then in murder. And this is named after Cain from the biblical stories. And the second part is Antenora. This is those who were traitors to their country. And this is named after the Trojan Antenora who betrayed Troy to the Greeks. The third part is Ptolemea. And that is for those who betrayed their guests. And that is named after Ptolemy. This is uh, also a biblical reference from 1 Maccabees chapter 16. So Ptolemy invited his father-in-law, Simon Maccabeus, and his sons to a banquet, and then he killed them. So that's the third part. And then the fourth, the innermost part of the deepest pit and circle, is called Judeca. And that is for the people who were traitors to their benefactors. And this is named then after Judas. So that is the overall layout of circle nine and then the storyline is that the pilgrim and virgil start walking deeper into the darkness and on this lake of ice and then they see many many traders who are then frozen into the ice and they see lots of contemporary people for example alessandro of magnona Fucaccia, cominchon di pazzi and these are again those who were traders against their family and their relatives and then they walk further, they come to the area of Antenora, and here Pilgrim is stumbling, kind of kicking a head that is sticking up over the ice. Only the head is sticking up. They see more people, and then they see two people frozen together in the same place, where one is, this is a bit strong here, but one is eating the brain of the other person. And this is the, the part for those who betrayed their country. And these two souls are Count Ugolino and Archbishop Ruggieri. And then Ugolino tells the story of his death through starvation together with his children. So this story is one of the worst parts of the whole inferno. And he was punished and sentenced to die by starvation in a tower in Pisa by Ruggieri. And then they move on to the third area called Ptolemea, where the faces have tears that have frozen to ice. And then they talk with contemporaries like Friar Alberigo and Branca Doria. So the pilgrim, he's then promising to remove the ice from Alberigo's eyes if he tells him his name. And then he tells his name, but the pilgrim lets the eyes stay there. And it says there, I did not open them. To be mean to him was a generous reward. So this is a very uh, different uh, like presentation of the pilgrim and his reaction and what is happening then in most of the rest of the whole comedy. So this is just like reflecting uh, in some sense the, the atmosphere and the nature of this deepest pit. And then they see something resembling a windmill in the distance and then they walk closer and now the souls are suddenly fully frozen under the ice and that's when they have come to Judeca. And then we see this enormous figure of Lucifer. So he's 
His body is frozen from the chest and down under the ice, and he's an, just this enormous uh, sized figure. They say that he is like the giants from the well were about 12 meters, more or less. And then they said that the pilgrim versus the giants is like the giants versus the arms of Lucifer. So, again, this is the deepest point of the earth. And then we're going to read some of the excerpts from this part. And we're going to start with the opening. So, it's described as, When we reach the point of darkness in the well, below the giant's feet, farther down the slope, and I was gazing still at the high wall, I heard somebody say, Watch where you step. Be careful that you do not kick the heads of this brotherhood of miserable souls. At that I turned around and saw before me a lake of ice stretching beneath my feet, more like a sheet of glass than frozen water. In the depths of Austria's wintertime, the Danube never in all its course showed ice so thick, nor did the dawn beneath its frigid sky as this crust here. For if Mount Tambernic of Pietrapana would crash down upon it, not even at its edges would a crack creak. So this is the description of Lake Cocytus and how thick the ice is. And then we're going to look at this scene with Ugolino and Ruggieri. So just for the historical part of this, so Ugolino and Ruggiero conspired together in 1288 to oust the nephew Nino Visconti and to take control of Pisa. But then, when Nino left, Ruggiero turned on Ugolino, and that's kind of a double betrayal, and then Ugolino was put into a tower with his sons in what's called the Torre di Gualandi, which is now named forever after the Tower of Hunger. So then in March 1289, Ruggiero condemned the prisoners to death by starvation in the tower. And this is very, it's described in detail. And this, is the, this is for many people the worst and most horrible part of the whole inferno. When it's described how they are just slowly starving to death and how the children are reacting and talking to, to their father with Ugolino. So it says, I saw two souls frozen together in a single hole so that one head used the other for a cap. As a man with hungry teeth tears into bread, the soul with capping head had sunk his teeth into the other's neck just beneath the skull. Tyrius, in his fury, did not gnaw the head of Menalippus with more relish than this one chewed the head of meat and bones. O you who show with every bestial bite your hatred for the head you are devouring, I said, tell me your reason. Lifting his mouth from his horrendous meal, this sinner first wiped off his messy lips in the hair remaining on the chewed-up skull. Then spoke, You want me to renew a grief so desperate that just the thought of it, much less the telling, grips my heart with pain. But if my words can be the seed to bear the fruit of infamy for this betrayer who feeds my hunger, then I shall speak in tears. And then we get the story of, like, it goes over a couple of pages about how, what happened in the Tower of Hunger as they just slowly starved to death.
And then for the last part, we're going to see how they move into Judecca. And it's described as a far-off windmill turning its huge sails when a thick fog begins to settle in and when the light of day begins to fade. That is what I thought I saw appearing. And the gusts of wind it stirred made me shrink back behind my guide, my only means of cover. When we had moved far enough along the way that my master thought the time had come to show me the creature who was once so beautiful, he stepped aside and stopping me announced, This is he, this is Dees. This is the place that calls for all the courage you have in you. How chilled and nerveless, reader, I felt then. Do not ask me. I cannot write about it. There are no words to tell you how I felt. I did not die, I was not living either. Try to imagine, if you can imagine, me there, deprived of life and death at once. The king of the vast kingdom of all grief stuck out with half his chest above the ice. So this is how we finally now come to Lucifer, this enormous figure who is then frozen in ice and at the very center of the earth. So just to sum up with some important points here, the whole circle nine is then full of ice and is very cold. And this is because of the contrast, that this is the, f- the point that's farthest away from the divinity, which was seen as this embedding spiritual realm kind of outside, or then again embedding the whole material universe. And since the earth was thought to be the center of the universe, the center of the earth would be the point that is the farthest away from divinity. And then they're also frozen, which is a symbol of of the deepest sin that takes away all your freedom and that you become kind of immovable and just captured in it. So this is again betrayal, fraud with trust as the worst sin and the worst vice. So that's all for this episode. And next time we're going to see in this last episode how they get past Lucifer and how the whole journey finally ends. So I hope some of this was helpful. Thank you so much for listening and see you again in the next episode. Bye-bye. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.